Live stream with Taylor Silverman, a female skateboarder who finished runner-up to a trans athlete and spoke out about what she felt to be the injustice of the situation. Enjoy the live stream. Now, with that said, people, and before I bring in Taylor, let me refresh and see if we're still green. We are. We're still green. So let's see if and when. I don't think it's going to happen because we're going to have a meaningful, thoughtful discussion. But most importantly, we're going to hear Taylor's experience in this, what some people would call an upside down world, where when a female athlete uh, is forced to compete with a biological male and then complains about it afterwards and says, divisions were created because of genetic or, or, or biological differences that are now being broached. And me complaining about it makes me the target of online harassment. We have to hear this experience. Taylor, get ready. I'm bringing you in. Three, two, one. Taylor. Hi, Viva. Can you hear me okay? I've got I, a little mic on my headphone. You're, you're perfect. I'm going to let the chat tell us if our audio levels are good. Chat, audio levels good. And if not, you'll, you'll let us know sooner than later. How do I sound? Thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you for coming. I've got to ask you, what book is your camera propped on? Oh, um, this isn't my book. Actually, it's um, it's a thesaurus, but then there's another one on top. <laughs> I'm at I'm at a place. It's I, I don't want to get into it. No, cool, cool. I grabbed I got- some random books. I thought for a second it might have been like a subliminal message, but if a, if a source... No, it's not actually. Uh, it's just me placing my camera badly, trying to prop it up in a in a weird way. But does it look okay? Is that going to bother anybody? Great. No, no, okay. it's great, and your audio is great. It should have. I should have not. Um, I should have not put my neuroses out there in, in the cosmos. Uh, <laughs> no, I should have. I should have placed a book that actually would have had a message. I didn't think of that. <laughs> next next time. Uh, Viva, her volume is a bit high. Okay. I'm not, we're not going to. No, no, no. I'll take care of it. Let me just go to. Okay. But of course, I'm not going to let the good. Uh, let me rephrase this. I'm not going to let the good become the enemy of the dumb. I could also take my, my mic no, no. off and switch no, no, no. just to the normal. I, lo- I, lo- I lowered it a bit. Okay, okay Taylor. Cool. Elevator pitch. Uh, for those who may not know, but I suspect most will because I, I tweeted it out. They might know your story, but the 30,000 foot elevator pitch before we get into the beginning to get to the present, who are you? I am Taylor Silverman. I'm a skateboarder. I sometimes compete at an AM level. I just skateboard for fun. But over the past several years, I found that it's brought me a lot of opportunities to travel, to do contests and even have different jobs and make money. So yeah, I really love skateboarding. Uh, if I may ask, and I know it's impolite, but I'm going to do it anyhow, because it's relevant. How old are you? I'm 27 years old. I'm not offended at all. Everybody yeah. already knows this, but well, that's a, I'm, I, I'm, it, I'm very old for a skateboarder. <laughs> okay. Well, now let's just get into a little bit of the beginning. Not too much. Where are you from? I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan. You're from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah. Not too far from Canada. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a place? Uh, there's an expression called Shibugamu in Canada. Like it's like Timbuktu when they say you're from in the middle of nowhere, you're from uh, Shibugamu in Canada. Oh, okay. Timbuktu in the, and these are actual places. Kalamazoo is an actual place. Yeah. A lot of people, when I say I'm from Kalamazoo, giggle and say, that sounds like a made up place, but it's, (laughs) um, it's not one of the biggest cities in Michigan, but it's a decent sized city out here. And I'm really grateful to be from here. We have an awesome indoor skate park that I grew up skating. So I feel like it's a good spot. how, how many siblings and what did your parents do just summarily? I don't really want to get too okay, much good. into that's family fine. stuff. That's, just, that's like something we've discussed that I think would be better off if I didn't talk about. But I, I love my family. I have a supportive family. And um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay, no, no, and, and what I meant by that only is when did you get into skateboarding? So I got into skateboarding when I was 16 years old. And growing up, I had played a whole bunch of different sports. and. Um, I did like Taekwondo as a kid. I played soccer as a kid. Then I kind of focused more on basketball and softball for a while. And I was a softball pitcher, but I knew that once I got into my teen years that um, after high school or potentially college, if I decided to go to college, that that would be over. And I really wanted something that I could do independently whenever I wanted, wherever I wanted. So skateboarding appealed to me a lot and I had already snowboarded a little bit. So I had a feeling I would like it. And once I got my first skateboard, I fell in love with it immediately. And 
I've been doing it ever since. And so you said you competed AM, which means amateur. Uh, Correct. Have you competed? I mean, I guess I don't know what it takes to even get to the professional level, but getting there first, when did you first start competing? And uh, what's, I mean, how do you go from amateur to professional? So I, I'm not at a professional level. I've done some context contests that are mixed am and pro, but I, I don't really consider myself to be a pro. That's something that the media reported in the beginning, but I don't think it's like a crucial part of the story either. But I basically started doing local contests after a few years of skateboarding, and it was just for fun. I would hear about these events in a nearby city and travel out to do them, and I realized I was doing pretty good. So instead of continuing to do all the local ones, I thought I'd you know, do something a little more challenging and start traveling to some of the bigger contests and the ones that you have to compete in qualifiers in order to be invited invited to finals. And um, I've done really well in contests. I've done really poorly in contests, but every time it's been a good experience and I've met new people, gotten to skate in a new place and challenge myself and see what I'm capable of. So, and um, I, uh, before getting into the uh, event at issue, how, how much had you competed like annually? How many times a year? Like a few times a year for the past several years. Um, every once in a while, it'd be a, a smaller local contest or there's some. Um, in like Ann Arbor, Michigan and Detroit, Michigan that are annual that I would participate in. And then I would sometimes fly out to California or participate in contests in Florida. And um, yeah, the more I did them, the more I realized they were really positive for me. So I came across the Red Bull one just by chance because I happened to be back in my hometown visiting for a short amount of time while I was waiting to finally be able to go on my trip to Israel because it kept getting canceled. So a friend of mine mentioned the Red Bull contest and said, you should go over to Detroit and qualify for this. And I thought, I don't know, I got a lot going on right now. And then they said, well, there's there's money involved. And I said, how much money? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But it it was really (laughs) exciting. It was really exciting, though, to get the opportunity to make some money in a contest, because oftentimes there's no money when a skateboard and like a bag of clothes and a new pair of shoes. But because there was money involved, I thought, shoot, I should go see what I can do. You know, it's, this is like, almost sounds like the plot of Happy Gilmore where you have, uh, <laughs> you have Chubbs saying, I thought you wanted to make the big bucks and Happy Gilmore stops and hey Chubbs, what kind of big bucks? So you're literally, you do this to make it, if you can, to make some money to pay for your trip. I, setting aside why one would want to travel to Israel at this point in time, I don't know what their requirements are for international travel, but it would deter me. So setting that aside, everyone in the chat, to each their own. You want I shouldn't to, you want, have even mentioned that. Oh, but... it doesn't matter. To, no, because <laughs> everyone, the crowd here, everyone knows the restrictions, the requirements in Israel, or at least once upon a time to have a green pass. And some people take issue. Yeah, now there's not as much of an issue. But for a while there, I would get something scheduled and then I'd get a call the day before after I packed all my bags and they'd say, you're not going to go tomorrow. So it Stop finally happened in March. I just, Un, un, uh, either un, touch your mic. I hear some. I hear some static on your mic. Oh, it's probably my hair. Let me let me make it a little looser. See if it'll. Okay, is that okay? No, uh, unplug it and plug it back in. It's crackling. Here, let me try to turn. It. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me better if we just go with the regular audio? No, now it might be your computer. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you want do you want to close out and come back in? Um. How do I do that? Uh, you know what? I'll boot you and then click back in. Okay, sounds good. Sorry. Okay, let's see. Dora, can I see if this works? This might not work. No. Okay, try it again. How are we now? No. Is it? It's not Streamyard. Oh, well, let me ask. Chat. Is my audio crackling as well? I don't think mine is. It's not crackling for me. Hmm. Hold on. Let me see. Kill the mic on the computer. Shut the shut the screen entirely. Then click on the link again. And I'll bring you back in. Will do. Okay. Thank you for your patience. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Now it looks like she's got a fan halo. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> All right. Viva Audio, good. Okay, good. So I think it must, it, it was actually just, um, yes, I believe an interface problem on her end. It's getting interesting, people. We haven't, we haven't even gotten into the incident, but, and yes, I, I have the questions flagged about injuries because those are one of the, um, one of the points that Tim Poole raised when discussing this and that others have raised. Okay, let's see. I'll wait for her to get the camera set up. Fingers crossed, people. 
Okay. Mike check. Can you hear me? That's better. You, you could put in the, the, the earpiece now. I think it'll, is it'll it, work. Is it a little better with the earpiece? You know what? Leave. We'll leave well enough alone. It's good enough like this. Okay. Sounds good. Um, okay. So now where, where were we? So you're trying to make money. So you hear that there's a local well, event. I, that wasn't, that wasn't no, the that, goal, but it was a great situation. And I was really excited that that was something that we had the opportunity to do in this contest. But I mean, I've done all these contests where there's no money involved. So it's not my number one. Priority. No, I, but I'm not saying it judgmentally whatsoever. A trophy. There's, there's a recognition for excellence. It's basically yeah, why anyone does it. more on anything. the line than usual. So how do you, this is a Red Bull event. Is there any specific nature to the event? I don't know how these things work. They have several different contest series. This one was the Red Bull Cornerstone, I think best in the Midwest series. So they traveled through multiple different states to indoor skate parks and had qualifiers and people who um, placed in the qualifiers got invites to go to the finals. Okay, that's phenomenal. And how do how do the qualifiers work? And over what period of time is this? Is this like the same weekend, or is this over a series of weeks? I only participated in um, two qualifiers. One of which was the final qualifier at the skate park that the finals were. So it was the same weekend. But the first qualifier that I did was in November, and then the finals were in December. So it was okay. a few weeks of like planning the trip to get out there and. Um, I did like a little bit of news and media coverage about it before I left. Yeah, as you should. It's amazing. So this is mm -hmm. an investment of time, uh, energy. You do the November qualifiers. Uh, how do you finish? Is it the winner of the qualifiers that makes it in or like the top three? It's top three, but the qualifiers that I participated in, there were only, it, this was at Modern Skate Park in Detroit. There were only two of us who even competed because there were four signed up. One of the girls, unfortunately, was injured in warm-ups, and then the other girl didn't even show up after signing up. So it was just two of us. I placed first, and then I went on to do the Lincoln-Nebraska qualifier where there were more girls. I think there was like somewhere between like 10 and 12 of us in that qualifier. I'm not sure, but I placed first in that one as well. Okay. And is it... Um... It's not a race, right? So there is a discretionary judging element to the to the competition. Right. And skateboarding, it's hard to judge. And there's a lot of different factors that go into it. And depending on what contest you're at and who's judging you, the outcome could be very different. But um, they go by, you know, your trick selection, your consistency, your style, a lot of different factors. It's different than other sports in the sense that you're not trying to go the fastest or get the most points in a game. It's kind of subjective, but I mean, depending on who's judging, different people could win. It could go different ways. And honestly, at a contest where you're only skating for a couple minutes and showcasing what you can do, the best skater might not land all their tricks and they might not even place. And somebody who's an underdog might have a really good run and get the best scores. That's what's really fun about the contest is, you never really know what's going to happen. But in this instance, I was pretty certain that I was competing for second place in the finals. And that was, it took away the fun of it a lot. So, well, and we're going to get into two aspects of this. One of which is why did you wait so long before saying anything? The other aspect is in the, in the qualifiers, the, the individual who, 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 who beat you or the, the, in, the individual at issue is Lillian Gallagher. Had you ever heard of Lillian before the event? No, I had no idea who Lillian was until I arrived at the finals. And so in the qualifiers, the one where there were 11 or 12 participants, Lillian was not one of those participants. No, that was, um, that the, Lillian did, I think, two different qualifiers, but they were in different states prior to the finals. I'm not sure if Lillian hadn't arrived yet for the qualifiers or just decided to sit that one out, but it was the day of the finals that I was made aware that Lillian would be competing with us. Interesting. Uh, you know what, before I forget, you said Lillian had tried, had done qualifiers in different States. Is that an attempt to win one of the qualifiers to make it into the finals? I believe that Lillian did win a couple of the qualifiers and for each qualifier that you placed first in, you received $500. And so everybody knows also open invitation to Lillian Gallagher to come on to discuss this. Cause you know, I, I reached out to Leah Thomas, but only on Twitter. And um, I, I, I doubt, I, I know who is prone to having an open long format discussion, at least based on my experience and who is not 
Lillian Gallagher would be more than welcome anytime because I'd like to hear I'd like to hear the other side of the story. Yeah, uh, or, I wanted to say from the very start of the first interview I did that because I didn't expect this to blow up the way that it did. And I didn't share Lillian's name in the post originally because I don't want people to go hate on trans competitors. Oftentimes they're just going by what the rules allow them to do. And I have no idea what it would feel like to be in that position or have people encouraging you to do it. So I think that the group that should be held responsible are the contest organizers like Red Bull and like the NCAA, like the Olympic committee that organizes the Olympics rules. So I hope that people can focus on the bigger issue and not take this out on individuals. Uh, and there's, there's a, there's a, there's a ch- comment in the chat, which I, I, I did not know the individual's, uh, what do they call it? The dead name, the original name. Uh, I, I'm not getting into these games. If an individual wants me to call them by a name, that's, that's fine with me. Uh, yeah, if they want to, if they want to get into that, I think that um, transgender people should be respected. And this is just an issue of fairness in sports. And, I, and also, I mean, in my own view, there's a difference between a, a name is, an, is someone's subjective identification, regardless. You know, mm-hmm. someone saying, this is my name, fine. Someone compelling me to conjugate and say certain words, then it gets a little different. But setting that aside, so uh, Lillian was not in any of the, uh, what are they called? The words, of, uh, tr- not trials, but qualifiers that you were in. When you first discover this, the day of the finals, how do you know that Lillian is a transgender athlete at this point? Is um, it everyone knows? I, well, I mean... I could tell. And then I actually, I didn't want to speak up about it until I knew for sure that Lillian was out. I didn't want to like out somebody. I felt really weird about that, but, um, they were, um, it had been posted on social media as something that Lillian was proud of. So I didn't think that I would be, you know, giving away anybody's secret or, you know, causing them harm in that sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to even get into it, but I could tell. Okay. Uh, the question is also, uh, at what point did you know what level of the process this individual was in? Like, sh- was it recent? Was it from childhood? H- how did you know the details of the stage of this individual for the purposes of, of determining your own reaction to it? Well, I had just looked at their social media, at the social media page briefly to make sure that this wasn't a secret before I said anything or before I reached out to Red Bull. But um, based on the social media, it seemed as though the transition was within the last few years. And you're how old at this time? This is this is December 2021. At this time, I was 26. I'm now 27. And you know how old uh, Lillian was? Or is. I don't remember exactly, but I think like 29 or 30. So just a few years older than me, but I'm, I'm not exact. I just G- know that a few years older. So g- give or take it. It's, you know, it's just so people can understand the broad, the, the details might be off by a year or two, but not by a decade or two. Yeah. I'm, I'm younger than this person. And that was uh, something a lot of people were like criticizing that uh, you're, you're old and you're washed up and like, you shouldn't even be in this. And I was thinking, the person I'm referring to is older than me. We're going to get into those reactions because I'm not pulling them up because I don't want to uh, put anyone on blast. But th- we all know the types of responses you got. We're going to get into them. Day, so day of the event, what happens? You, 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 d- you discover this and what's the mood like, not just uh, in your own mind, but among the other, I'll say, biological female athletes, for lack of a you know, better way of qualifying it. What's the mood among the, the, the competitors? just silence and just go through the motions and too uncomfortable to say anything. I had, I had a few people come to me because um, throughout the contest, um, throughout our runs, I had some friends there who were saying like, um, they're just being supportive and they're saying, you know, I think that, I think that you won anyway. And I was thinking, no, I, I'm pretty sure I already know who's on what podium and I think even if we got the exact same scores, I would still be placed in second, similar to how we saw when um, Riley Gaines and Leah Thomas tied and they gave Leah the trophy and told Riley to shut up and step aside. And then she actually went on the news and spoke up about it. But um, that was just something that 
I had kind of accepted was going to be the outcome of that day. And I was trying to focus on the positive things going on in my life. I was way too uncomfortable to say anything. And I was worried about what the response could be if I did. But I also, it's just a, a shocking thing. You don't prepare for that. You don't think about what you would do in that situation. So I, I had no idea that was going to happen that day. And I thought, just be a good sport, do your best, have fun, enjoy the event, and then um, deal with it later. I, I, like, I don't want to harp too much on the day of, but I, I've, got my, I've got to know. Like, the, the event occurs, people, you say, are silent, sort of uncomfortable, but no one dares say anything. Uh, Lillian wins the competition. Is there an after party? Do people hang out? Or is it sort of, here's your trophy, here's your check, and everyone goes their own separate ways? So um, Lillian won the competition along with Best Trick, which was another $1,000. And um, I think that there were some after parties, but the contest actually occurred during Hanukkah. So I was not going to any parties. I was going back to the house I had rented to do Hanukkah stuff. I'm just going to say here, someone says Viva and Taylor look like they are brother and sister. Is it true? Well, think- we're, we're, we're both Jewish, so I guess we share we're some ancestry. Related. Yeah, we're like cousins <laughs> or something. <laughs> your, your great, 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 great grandfather Moses was mine. It was amazing. Probably. Um, something like that. So, so you take off. You're not there. You don't know if the overall after party or, you know, the celebrations are everyone's cheery, supportive, well, or people yeah, are bitter and take off. Even when this happened, I cheered. And it was because that's how I act at a contest. Whether I agree with the outcome or not, it's just part of how I was raised and being a good sportsman. And it took me thinking about it afterwards to realize that this is unfair and this shouldn't be something that I just go along with and stay silent about and clap for everybody because that's how you act at a contest. But um, yeah, people just cheer and go along with it. It's like everybody not I'm sure some people agree with it, too, but or think that it's fair. But there's a lot of people who recognize it's unfair, but they don't want to stir the pot. They just want to go on with their day and they don't really consider the people who are being negatively impacted by it. And I even put aside myself to try to be nice. And I wish that I hadn't done that. That's the one thing I regret is not speaking up about this sooner. But I'm glad that I did now. And I'm just going to go forward and continue to do the right thing and use my voice now. Okay, and so this is this is one of the things that you're faulted for. This occurred in December 2021. You don't uh, share your message to the organizer at Red Bull until what is it? Is it May 2022? Um, I, I'm trying to think when the date I actually reached out to them was because I reached out to them like the month prior to me sharing it. And, so, and no um, answer. It was in like April that I reached out to them, but I don't have the dates all in front of me. But they didn't respond. And I waited. And after a couple of weeks, I started to get really frustrated that they wouldn't even talk to me. And then I did actually get a call. Once I had finally posted on on social media, I made this Instagram post and I was reached out to by a bunch of news and media. So I ended up doing my first interview. And right before that first interview, they called um, I think they called like the Piers Morgan team and they also called me, Eric, who I had emailed called me. And he said that um, he wanted to talk to me and he thought it was a really complex issue. And he didn't realize like, I'm, I'm like on a schedule, I got to get on this call and do all these things that I have on my schedule now. So I told him, unfortunately, Eric, you had a lot of time to respond to my email and you didn't. And now I'm pretty busy. So if you want to talk, then you're going to have to respond to my email and schedule a time to talk to me like I requested in the first place. And um, yeah, I just didn't hear from him after that. So that phone call, I didn't have the time to talk to him and he still won't respond to my email. But if he responded to my email, I would be more than happy to talk to him. But I've requested multiple times now for them to respond to my email and um, it's not happening. So, so, so you, you reached out to them before making your post public. And if I may, I mean, I know you've read it, you've heard it. I'll just read it real quick. I can't share the screen. Uh, oh, it's Erich, like a German Erich with a CH. Hope all is well with you. This is, this is uh, your concern. You write contest concern to Eric at Red Bull. 
Uh, it says, I'm reaching out in the hopes of being directed to the right person to express my concerns at what occurred at the Red Bull Cornerstone contest with the transgender competitor in the women's division. Perhaps that is you. If not, hopefully you can put me in contact with the correct person. A biological man with a clear advantage won the women's division, best trick, and also won multiple qualifiers. This took away the opportunity that was meant for women to place and earn money. What happened was unfair at the time, and I was, well, I was too uncomfortable to speak up. I understand that in today's society, even some women think this is acceptable, but I believe in doing the right thing, even if it's not the popular thing. I now realize it's really important for me to speak up, and I'd like to schedule a time to talk. Did anyone help you draft that, if I may ask the intrusive question? Oh, no, I just typed that up. No, no lawyers. No, I wrote that myself. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Um, well, I wanted, and- to, I wanted to just be straight up with them, and I want to be polite about it because... I think that it's probably a difficult situation for them to handle and know what to do. And I was hoping that hearing my perspective on it might help them to know how to handle it better and come up with a better solution that's not going to negatively impact the female athletes. But instead, they ignored me. And then what, when does the second one come into effect? Uh, where you write, um, oh, this is, this is your post that's on your just social for media. The post to explain to people. Okay, so here's the post that 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 Taylor puts up. It's on. Uh, do you want people visiting your Instagram? <laughs> oh yeah, that's fine. People, people Taylor Silver- Instagram. Taylor May Silverman. My name is Taylor Silverman. I am a female athlete. I have been skateboarding for eleven years and competing for several years. I have been in three different contests with trans women, two of which I placed second at the last contest series I did for Red Bull. I placed second. The trans competitor who won took $1,000 in qualifiers, $3,000 in finals, and $1,000 in best trick. That, this totaled to $5,000 of the prize money meant for the female athletes. I took $1,000 in qualifiers, $1,750 for second place, so $2,750 in total. The girl who took third received $750. The girl who deserved $1,000 for best trick took nothing, along with whomever would have placed third. I deserve to place first be acknowledged for my win and get paid. I reached out to Red Bull and was ignored. I am being, I am sick of being bullied into silence. Now I know how people are going to react to that. The, the people who are going to react um, offendedly to that post are going to take issue with your use of the word girl and female, but we'll, we'll get there in a bit. But just tell me, I mean, the obvious, what was the response? What was the shitstorm that kicked off after that? And did you ever foresee it happening? Um, well, the, the initial response in the first couple hours was pretty bad because it was just the, the group of followers that I already had. When I posted, I had about like 4,000 followers, just people in the skate community, people I had met traveling, people who liked the videos I posted who I didn't know. And, um, I didn't know what to expect. I knew that there were a lot of people who were going to support me in silence because they didn't want to deal with the backlash that I was definitely going to receive but um the hate comments were all for the most part very similar like you're transphobic you're a bigot but like some of them got really dark like you should hurt yourself and stuff like that but um the worst part of it the most shocking part of it was the anti-semitism and especially the anti-semitism from people who i knew and had been nothing but kind to for years and they didn't have anything to defend their stance, so they just went after me for being Jewish. And well, uh, well, and and, and, and look, I, I hate the, I hate it. It's the internet; it happens. The second a Jewish person talks about money on the interwebs, you yep. know where it's going. And, and look, I don't know how long you had been on the interwebs for when this happened, but you, you know it. You, you, well, but- I was already receiving anti-Semitic direct messages and comments on a pretty regular basis just for being a Jew existing on Instagram. And I do, I love Israel. I was spending time in Israel. So you get more if you're over there. And I just, I knew before I posted this, especially considering the fact that there was money involved, that this could put a huge target on my back for anti-Semitism. I had no way of knowing how big of a story it would become or how severe that would get. Like if you look at different posts on my Instagram, especially ones of me in Israel or like at the Western Wall or the Dead Sea, the comments are nasty. And it's very disappointing. Yeah. Don't don't look at the chat. People think that like we have a, we have a ideologically uh, aligned or unanimous chat. I I see the comments in the chat. It's oh, the I'm internet. Not 
Definitely. Don't, don't, don't look. Taylor, don't okay, look at people it. People can say what they want to say. Um, no, I mean, I, I get it. And I don't, I don't even talk about it because it's not for right or for wrong. That aspect of my identity is not, um, is not a defining one for me for right or for wrong. Uh, but it seems to be defining for other people regardless. Well, I mean, for me, it was like, I was just saying, what the heck does this have to do with me speaking out about fairness in sports? I love shekels too. This is a joke though, because the person <laughs> is supporting right. the channel at the same time. Sorry. <laughs> well played, sir. Um, so, okay, so the anti-Semitism, par for the course. I mean, any form of discrimination, those types of insults, par for the course. Yeah. The ones that, that really get to me in the context of this discussion, in the context of your post, are the men or people with male names in their social media telling you, woman, shut up and stop complaining uh, and just and just deal with it. This is this is what people perceive to be women's rights. Yeah. but how, it's... Ba how, how bad did it get and what impact or toll did it take on you? Oh, I, I mean, I get those comments and messages still every day, nonstop, and it's misogyny and it's really disappointing that people who claim to have an interest in women's rights have completely lost sight of what they're supposedly fighting for and turning on women. But um, yeah, I don't take that stuff too personally because... I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. I think I'm just speaking the truth and using common sense here. So people are going to say what they're going to say. It's the internet for the most part. Actually, for 100% part, nobody said anything to my face. I, so, I am. I presume, actually, in real life, more people or people were expressing their support for what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. People come up to me and uh, were supporting me like people have actually, I don't want this to happen, but like people have recognized me places and they like are pat me on the back and trying to shake my hand and stuff. And it's kind of shocking because I don't feel like I've done anything that amazing. I just spoke up about something very obvious and I wish that it wasn't seen as a heroic thing to just say the truth. But I do appreciate all the support and I've received much more support than I've received hate. I probably shouldn't have left off that I got all those hate comments because what happened is as soon as the post started getting shared, people came to support me and combat the hate on the post. So um, that's how it got so big. And that's how like the news heard about it. And that's how um, Tim Pool heard about it and tweeted about it. I think Colin Wright originally tweeted and then Tim Pool responded to that. But there were so many people who took part in helping me get the story out to the right people. And I'm so grateful for every single person, whether it was sharing the post or just um, leaving a comment or just supporting me in silence and praying for me or whatever. All of it means a lot to me. Okay, and it's an interesting thing. I don't know if it was Heidegger's levels where you use a ladder to get to the next level and then you then start building from that level. But it's like, in the interwebs, people who have experience will know the dynamic. There's like a, a ceiling, so to speak, of people that will shout you down into silence at a certain level. And then once mm -hmm. you manage to break through that, you get to the next level where more people see it. And then you realize that those people were, in fact, bullies trying to silence you. So you never reach the next level of, of I don't say viewership, but exposure where people with you know more critical thinking minds mm -hmm. and more courage start to amplify the message. And then you get to the next layer level where people say, yeah, okay, this is not a question of bigotry. This is not a question of transphobia. This is a question of balancing rights and above all else, respecting certain rights. The, the one question that you probably, or the one critique you always get, let's do the, the first one. Why did you, I mean, why did you wait so long if, if three or four months is so long what explains the delay? Are you stewing in your loss, getting angry, and you feel the need to lash out? Or, uh, I mean, I know the rest of that question. What took you that long, well, that period of time to think, come forward? I don't think it was as much anger as it was fear of what this could mean for the next generation of female athletes, because I recognized that I was not the first person who was impacted by a situation like this. This is happening in a lot of sports and this is something I've seen happening in skateboarding for a long time. And it's getting to a point where more and more people are losing really big opportunities because of it. So I felt 
like guilty that I wasn't saying anything, knowing that being in the second place position and being in a contest where there was money involved and being a skater who didn't have as much to lose. I'm not this high level professional who's going to lose all my big sponsors the moment I say something because I, I don't have those sponsors. I'm just competing and doing this for fun and working to get to these contests on my own. So I felt really guilty not saying anything. And I also recognize that I'm 27 years old. So somebody who's at the start of their skateboarding career or younger than me might not want to risk being blacklisted or not being allowed to compete anymore. But for me, it's like, I'll still skateboard regardless. And I, I probably won't be doing any Red Bull contests, but I know I'm welcome at a lot of other contests. So I'm sure that once I hear about a contest in whatever area I'm in, I'll sign right up and have a good time again doing that. But I just felt like somebody had to say something. And it was very difficult for me to stay silent because I'm the type of person that if I see something that I think is unjust, I genuinely believe that you need to speak up, especially when everybody else is going along with it, even though they, a lot of people recognize it's not right. So it was just um, out of fear. I knew that there would be consequences and I knew that it could put a target on my back for anti-Semitism, like I said before, but I also started to feel like my fear of potentially having to explain this to my own kids one day, if I am lucky enough to have a family, was a lot larger than my fear of people running a smear campaign on the internet about me when I knew that it wasn't true. I'm, I'm telling everyone I'm going to get to these super chats uh, in a bit. I just want to get through the bulk of this. Uh, you said you didn't lose sponsors because you didn't have sponsors. Yeah. Okay. And that was one of the questions I had. I was watching some other people's analyses of your of your posts and people like, oh, you know, she, she not, some people say she doesn't follow. Uh, she seems to be sponsored by Dickies or whatever. It's like, I, I don't think so. I, I, I don't. There's all sorts of conspiracy theory videos about me. Uh, it, oh, it's, it's good. You, you know, you've I've, made I've, it. Had, I've had a few small sponsors over the years, but at the point that I did this contest, I I was just skating and doing my thing. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing up Britt Corbier's chat, not because it's a $50 chat. I've got all the other ones on um, Star, and I'm going to get to them just because this was the next question I was going to mm -hmm. ask you. I'm glad to see young women taking a stand to protect the things, places that the, quote, old guard fought for them to have and enjoy. That said, as a dude, I have no dog in this fight. If women do not stand up for themselves, I will not do it for them. That was exactly my next question. You know, some people say, if the women in women, and I'm saying the biological women in women's sports who are now being in, in a great many sports being trounced by biological men transitioning, uh, if they don't complain about it and if they don't voice their concerns and object and do what's necessary, why should men white knight for the women who don't stand up for their own rights that have been fought for for the last hundred years? Well, I um. I felt this whole time like it was really sad and unfortunate that women have to advocate for ourselves in this situation. And I think it's okay for somebody who is not a female athlete to advocate for female athletes here as well. So even if you're a man, and also a lot of trans people have spoken up about this, that this isn't the... Um, this isn't the opinion of all trans people. This isn't an accurate representation of how all trans people feel. And they recognize this is unfair and it's harming women. So regardless of who you are, everybody knows somebody, everyone knows a woman or a girl who loves sports. So speak up regardless. But I do agree. And in, in a sense that women have to speak up for ourselves too, because um, it's scary, but I heard, um, in this time that I was thinking like what to do, I remember hearing um, videos where Joe Rogan and like Ben Shapiro would say that. They would say, women need to say something because nobody else is gonna do anything if you don't say how you feel, if you don't speak up for yourself. So hearing that really helped me to go ahead and do it. But it is scary, especially when you look at what's happened to my social media, It's it does receive backlash. And I think that depending on how big a certain story gets, it may be better or worse. But in my case, it was a pretty extreme case of it. But I want people to know that I've received way more support than I have hate. And all the hate is on 
the internet, which isn't affecting my real life at all. I've only received more opportunities and made good um, connections because of this. So speak up. Don't be afraid. I know it's scary. And it's something that I'm very sad to say women do have to advocate for themselves doing because women do have to advocate for themselves in order to make a difference here. But um, yeah, nobody else is going to do it for us. So we're more likely to get support if we use our voices. And Kevin Saunders says, we all have a dog in this fight. And to some extent, if you, if you, I'm a, I'm a male, I've got two girls, Mm -hmm. uh, two daughters. uh, Parents matter here a lot. Well, I, I mean, I have a, a, let me just get rid of this chat. I have um, a a theory also that this is also about not in a way about protecting the trans at all. This is a question of balancing every interest so that there isn't a backlash against uh, another demographic because of what people perceive to be an oppression of another. And so balancing this is not a question of saying you're a bigot if you don't think biological males should compete in biological female sports. It's also about ensuring cohesion because what will happen when you get the Leah Thomas stories, the Ohio track stories, you're going to get people getting angry at a demographic, a minority demographic in society, which is itself not good. It's not a question of protecting the trans community, but it's a question of establishing, you know, common sense rules that are going to prevent a a large swath of people from getting angry at what they feel to be the tyranny of the minority that actually basically trounces women's rights uh, at large. Have, have you ever spoken with Lillian after this or or during before after any interaction? I didn't because like I said before, I didn't think this was something that is Lillian's fault. I think this is something that is Red Bull's fault. And that's why I reached out to Red Bull privately. And but but so other than that, like Lillian has never reached out to you or vice versa since this all hit front page news. Um, no, I, before I even spoke up about this, I had shared posts that made my stance very clear on my Instagram story, including art activism, specifically, um, highlighting the Leah Thomas situation. So I'm pretty sure that Lillian had dipped off my page when I was doing that. Okay. Now I'm going to read some super chats before we get into one other question. If you a man, but a father of a little girl, you do have a dog in that fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Agreed. And there's going to be a bunch of these. Ask her how many injuries she's had. Damn it. That wasn't the one I wanted to bring up. How many injuries have you had? Uh, Luckily, I've had um, most of my injuries have been pretty minor. I have broken several bones. I and some of this stuff hasn't even been skateboarding, but I've broken um, several of my fingers, my wrist. I actually had a finger that like got almost ripped off that I had to get emergency surgery to have reattached. I have split my chin, which every skater has split their chin. I've broken my nose a couple of times and I have done all the ankle rolls. I've broken some ribs, which is always awful. I've done it in the front and the back. <laughs> okay, this, is, this, is this is actually is... sounding like a lot now that I'm saying it all out loud, but yeah, I swear it, it... That- it like is the finger that you put a splint on it. It's not that big of a deal. I've only had a couple of surgeries. All right. This is sounding bad, but, um, I had a, one of the ones that was most difficult for me to get through was I had a MCL sprain and luckily it was just a sprain. I was very worried that I had a tear or a meniscus tear, but I had to just take a couple months off. I was in the gym every day. I was working with a doctor who was really good. And, um, But my worst injuries have been not skateboarding, just like doing stupid stuff as a teenager. Like one time I split my head open on a diving board because I wanted to try to do a backflip for my friends. So injuries um, haven't deterred me from continuing to skateboard because skateboarding is weird. You think a lot of people would not do something that they know they're going to get hurt doing sometimes. But when you love it, it's just part of it. And the older I've gotten, the more I take care of my body, the more I have learned to, you know, train to help myself to prevent injuries, to eat right. I do yoga. I have a chiropractor now. <laughs> like, there's a lot of effort that goes into staying healthy while I do this because I know it is not the safest of sports. Also, the other one is I've had a couple of, um, very minor concussions. And I wear a helmet because I have known people who have suffered from 
traumatic brain injuries. And I think that it's best to wear a helmet. Some people hate on it, but it's better to have it when you need it than to wish that you were wearing it when you're hurt. A helmet is a non-starter. The idea, anyone who's ever seen someone smack their unprotected noggin on the ground and the sound it makes, the wet sopping sound, you'll never not wear a helmet again. Yeah. Um, Okay, so now, so this has all exploded. I mean, it exploded about a month ago. That's when it was really in the, the headlines. Uh, what's, what has happened since? A lot has happened since. It's actually crazy that it's been a month because so much has happened. It just has been flying by. But um, at first, it was just a lot of media reaching out to me and people wanting to know more about the story. I was, I was in the Israeli newspaper. The people in Israel heard about it. And I was able to go to New York to do a video with Ariel Scarcella, who I was already a fan of. So I was really excited to meet her in person. She's very sweet and very kind. And she not only filmed a video with me, but showed me around Brooklyn. And we had a really good time. I'd love to get to meet with her again and talk to her more. But I also went to um, out to Timcast. And I did some videos. I did an interview and a vlog. I was on the members only IRL. Well, a few vlogs. We kind of took over the vlog channel while I was out there, me and um, Jamie Kilsina, a comedian who was out at the same time. And hopefully I'll be back out there soon, but stay tuned for that. But um, this week I'm actually going to be speaking at a rally in DC on, I believe it's Thursday, it's the 23rd. I have a note right here. And it's for the 50th anniversary celebration of Title IX, myself and several other speakers, including other female athletes who have spoken up about this in their own sports are going to be there to tell our stories. Uh, okay. And this is the question. You're, you're going you're gonna to be a spokesperson for a bit. Does, do you have the concern that this is going to be effectively the defining element of your existence where you will be known and only known for being the spokeswoman in what will be dubbed, uh, you know, uh, arguably a transphobic position, or at the very least, even if it's even if it's depic- depicted fairly, do you do you get concerned at the prospect of having your entire identity and future going forward defined by you being a spokesperson for this particular issue? I think that some people might think of me like that, and I don't think that that's going to be all I do. I think that I have a bright future of doing a lot more than just this, but. We'll have to see what the future holds. And honestly, whether people view me like that or not, the way that I view myself, the way that the people I'm close to and care about view me is a lot more important to me. And they actually know me. So people who pass judgments about me, whether good or bad, because of something they saw on the Internet are going to do that. But their opinion doesn't really affect me in my day to day life. So as I do appreciate all the support. And honestly, I even appreciate all the hate on the page because it's really shown what I'm talking about when I say I'm done being bullied into silence and how people respond to a woman speaking up for herself. So perhaps people will remember me for this only. Perhaps I'll be able to do other things that overshadow this. And hopefully one day this is an issue we've all forgotten about and it doesn't occur anymore. And people will just think of it as something crazy that happened back in whenever like how many years ago it'll just be a forgotten issue and we'll get back to a point where we have not forgotten don't ever forget but it'll be an issue that isn't happening anymore i'm going to read this and then i'm going to read another one that's going to be a question for you know it's one thing to object and then the question is solution proposals but first cynthia as a mom of two d division one athletes one is a girl i'm so proud of taylor how this? How has this happened to female sports? We fought so hard for Title IX for girls and young women. Cynthia, the argument, the legal argument that some people will raise to that is Title IX says nothing about sports uh, specifically. But I mean, this is the question, and it would be the you know the main question I would ask to Lillian if Lillian were to come on, to Leah if Leah were to come on. Do you not? Do we not agree that by and large, um, you know? biological males have a competitive athletic advantage against biological females in most sports. And if you, and if you agree with that, what's the solution? What do you propose? Because surely if you, if you concede that as you have to, because to not concede it is also an end of the discussion, what's the solution? 
which brings me to the next question. World Swimming effectively bans the trans from comp competition. We talked about it. Yeah, we messaged about it briefly, but here's the thing. It's easy to complain. It's easy to object. What would you propose by way of common sense or not common sense solution? What would you have by way of a proposal to resolve the impasse here? Well, I think it's unfortunate that the responsibility to come up with a solution for this sometimes falls on female athletes because it's not our responsibility to fix this. But I think that there are a few different options that could be possibilities, such as having a trans division or some sort of open division as an option. And I recognize that in a lot of sports, a trans division wouldn't work because there just aren't enough people. But in skateboarding, it might actually be possible. There's a lot of transgender skateboarders. So I think it's at least uh, something worth discussing, worth discussing and considering. But um, I think that there needs to be more voices at the table than just mine in deciding how to handle this. And I think that the only way we're going to find a solution is if people can have a reasonable discussion about it. But we know that what we're doing now is not working, is not fair, and can't continue. And uh, the, I was thinking when you were talking about the um, like people disagreeing that there's a difference between men and women or you know, people who are born male, people who are born female. And the, I hear a couple different arguments, and one of them is trans women are women. There is no difference. They are the same. No advantage whatsoever. And you have to ignore a lot of facts to get in that boat. So I think that that logic falls apart when you start to look at the science. The other argument I hear is a little bit more reasonable, but still I don't think is a good argument. And that is that the inclusion of trans people in sports is more important than fairness because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. But in order to feel that way, you have to completely disregard the feelings of everyone else and the negative impact that it causes for everyone else. Yeah, it's the um, I had a thought about what you were saying before the, the, the science part. I mean, it, it's it's this is what sometimes leads to troll type discourse on the internet where they say, yeah, it's, it's not true that men are better than women at all sports. I mean, look at ultra marathons, look at gymnastics, look at, at target shooting. Mm -hmm. And this is, I mean, look at, and there are, there are even exceptions in sports where there are women who do outperform the men, but we shouldn't be making the rules off the exceptions. We should make the rules off the science. Yeah. No, no. And, um, oh, I just lost my thought again. No, it was the, the, the idea of weight classes. Um, you know, the argument is make a trans division. And then the rebuttal, the response to that is, well, there's not enough uh, participation to make for a competitive field. Well, first of all, if the issue is as prevalent as people uh, are suggesting it is, there would be a sufficient depth of the field. But for anybody who's ever competed in sports, it's not always the case that in your respective class, there's going to be a depth of competition. I yeah, used to do, that's uh, actually something that female skateboarders have struggled with over the last decade plus. There's been times I go to a contest and there's not enough women for a division then I get thrown in with the men. So it's like we finally actually are at a place where we have enough uh, people to even have real women's divisions. And now we're having this happen. So hopefully if we can start something like a trans division, perhaps it won't be the biggest event the first time. But if it works, hopefully it could grow. I think it's at least worth trying. Uh, I, I would have only added to that like, in I used to do not competitive, but high school wrestling. And with the 100 pound weight class, there was always like only three or four people. People would want to lose as much weight as possible mm -hmm. to get into the 100 pound weight class because the depth of competition was a little bit shallower. Yeah. Um, you did have you did have the 100. They said, OK, do you want to do you want to wrestle up? And everyone, you know, the, the person wrestling up would not have any say in it. The person who had to wrestle up would say, do you want to? Yeah, I'll take my chances at 115. But what you never had was bringing down the 115 to 100 and saying, 100, shut up, you got to deal with it. Because mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it was the advantage was obvious, which is why there were classes drawn up in the first place. Um, hold on, hold on. Let's get this one here. Uh, should athletics be divided by age, size, weight, skill instead of gender, sex? The, the answer there would be that would still be unfair because a 115-pound male in virtually every sport will dominate a 115 pound female. It's just the nature of muscle, mass, bones, center of mass, et cetera. In, in skating, by the way, uh, Taylor, there's been a lot of analyses as to 
the distinctions between biological females, biological males in the sport of skateboarding. Uh, are, are you comfortable explaining what those differences are? Well, for me at first, it was just common sense. It was easy to recognize that males have an advantage in skating and across the board in athletics. But there's a lot of factors that go into it that are um, very small ones and also very big, obvious ones. So men are stronger than us. Men have a higher center of gravity. They can jump higher than us. They are less prone to injuries. They have denser bones. They have a different angle with their hips that it uh, affects knee and ankle injuries specifically. And they just typically have more endurance than us. They have faster reaction time than us. The list goes on. And although there are some cases where women outskate men, there's been times when I've been thrown in with the men's division and I've placed, and it, despite being at a disadvantage, but it doesn't change the fact that the men require much less effort to learn the most basic tricks in skateboarding. I'm reading some of the chat because it seems that there is some discussion. Uh, center of gravity. Oh, sorry. One of the arguments that people will always raise is, oh, Viva, men are not better than women in every sport. Go, go compete in uh, uh, Olympic uh, women's division and you'll lose. And the, you know, my response is, of course I would. The issue is not comparing the average with the elite. It's among taking the elite. It's among taking the average and then seeing how the, how the, the graphs fall there. And it's... But we, uh, we see, though, that even like elite-level women, there will be a competitor who's transitioned who was a, like a low-ranking or average athlete before transitioned who's now in the top spot. So sometimes that does happen. And it's, it, to me, it's, it's like pretty common sense. It's pretty obvious even without knowing every bit of science behind it, just watching the contests, like watching um, Fallon Fox box women, it's pretty clear. Air rifle archery. Yeah, one thing I've never understood, like I can understand in certain sports where I don't see the reason why there would be a division. Darts, for example. There's, yeah. no, there's no strength difference that would be material. Even if I think, you know, on average, biological males are stronger than biological females. In darts, it seems that that shouldn't be relevant. And yet, I mean, th there are women who compete in the men's division. I don't know that there is a women's division. There has to be a women's division. But, but by and large, it's dominated by males for whatever the reason. Could be social, who participates in these games. Could be muscle memory and whatever. Um, so what do, you, what, do you, well, like, what do you do now? What's going forward now? Um, and are, are you still? I mean, are you still uh, do you notice an interest in the media in discussing this story? Or do people still find it a little too toxic to deal with or too controversial to deal with? It's actually been pretty shocking that it's been a month and I'm still on a book schedule. Like I've got this rally this week in DC and I still have interviews and podcasts lined up and I'm going to be going back out to the cast castle to do some more stuff out there. But um, I have a lot on my plate right now. I'm not sure how it's all going to play out exactly, but it's still a big goal of mine to go back to Israel. My boyfriend lives there. So I want to definitely continue to take some trips to visit there and eventually even make Alia. But I'm just going to see what the future holds. I think a year ago, if someone would ask me where I'd be today, I would have had no idea. And I have no idea where I'm going to be in a year from now. But I think it's going to be good. I'm really grateful for all the support I've gotten for all the amazing people who have given me the opportunity to share my story, including you today. And I'm glad that we happened to cross paths when we were both. It was totally, Tim. totally fortuitous. Cause I, I mean, I, I, and I'm sort of shocked. There are some stories that I haven't heard of despite being in that, in that, in that area. I mean, Leah Thomas, I heard, I can't remember the, the Ohio track, um, but this is a discussion. It has to be had period. Mm -hmm. And it's not a question of, it's not a question of excluding anyone from the discussion. I, it's just, I could predict who will agree to sit down and have a discussion and who will avoid. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't have any direct, direct connection to Leah Thomas, but I would have Leah Thomas on and ask the very same questions and see what the answers would be. And then the public would make their, make up their mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm open to talking to people who disagree with me too. I've actually done some interviews that at the end of it, they, they kind of suggested they weren't going to use them because they didn't get the type of answers they were hoping for. So some people have criticized me saying, well, you only speak to this side of the argument, but I'm talking to a lot of different people. Not everybody will post it. 
And not everybody's willing to talk to me in the first place, but I am willing to talk to people who disagree. I'd be more than willing to talk to Red Bull if they would respond by email, which they still haven't responded to. But um, yeah, like yourself, it's you can kind of tell who's going to be willing to have a conversation with you. But I'm, I'm open to it because I'm pretty firm on my stance. I know what I'm doing is right. And things that I'm saying are true. And when you have that on your side, it gives you a lot of confidence. And you get, I mean, the more people say this, I can't believe how much time people are discussing all of this nonsense about simple biology. And that is bottom line what it's about. And then my, my, my personal perspective on this is that everyone is free to do what they want with their own bodies as a consenting adult in full awareness of fact and law. Where it becomes the issue is someone who says, I decide for my own personal needs, I decide I need to transition from biological female a biological male to female in as much as it's medically scientifically even possible more power to you yeah i but, think that's very brave and people who do that should be supported exactly but then the, the the where it becomes an issue is someone saying you leah thomas as a biological female have to suffer live through the consequences of my decision to do what i want to do with my body and then using those biological i'm not calling it an advantage because i don't think men have a biological advantage but i would call it a a leg up? Maybe I maybe I would call it an advantage. Well, we're they just have... we're different. Men and women are different. Female bodies and male bodies are different. And male bodies have are there are better at athletics. And we see that across the board in almost every sport, especially skateboarding. If you just watch skateboarding, you can tell. It's it's I, mean, I saw some science breaking it down that men have a higher upper body uh, center of mass, so it makes it easier to maneuver the skateboard. Women have a center of mass that's lower to the hips, makes it mm -hmm. harder to maneuver. I've seen all this. I've been I've been reading the science, but I'm not a scientist or a biologist. But it's the idea that someone says, this is what I believe I have to do with my own being in order to be fulfilled in life. More power to you. But now I have a biological and an individual who's 27 or 25 has had their entire life to build up testosterone, muscle mass, bone density, and then says, I'm three years into a transitioning process. You now, an entire uh, half of the world that has fought for equal rights, have to live with the consequences of my decisions for my own body. Mm -hmm. That's not how freedom works, and that's not how freedom of choice works, in my humble view. But, but maybe there are compelling arguments to say that a 25-year-old individual born biological male transitions to female has the right to compete in female sports as though there is no biological difference that justified the creation of the divisions in the first place. Yeah. And I, I searched for the other side of this. I searched for videos and articles of people discussing their views who thought this was fair. And I couldn't find anything that was that convincing. I talked about the two main things, which is trans women are women and there's no difference, which I think is dangerous ideology because trans women are trans women, and that's okay, and that should be respected. But when it comes to biology, there are some pretty major differences. And then the other one being that, you know, being nice and being inclusive is more important, but it really just pushes women aside and silences us and says that our, our thoughts and our feelings don't matter. And it's actually, it's pretty shocking how many women are on boat with the whole trans women are women and it's fair to have trans women in our contest despite them being born male and having these advantages. But um, I think that a lot of people have kind of lost sight of what they're fighting for regarding women's equality and rights. And I wish people could just use a little bit of common sense here and realize that it's not about being hateful. It's not about making an attack on the trans community. This is just about fairness in sports. And the goal here is not to exclude trans people from sports or that trans people can't participate in athletics. It's to come up with a better solution than what we're doing now, because what we're doing now, we gave it a try. It doesn't work, especially in contact sports. I feel like we need to put an end to this because despite, um, because in contact sports, women get hurt like with the boxing situation and women like the next generation of girls who are going to come up and be taught that this is how women's sports are. This is going to impact their mental health because sports are so crucial in learning team building skills and learning social skills and building confidence. And so many women benefit from that growing up. And 
if girls feel like they shouldn't even come, they shouldn't even try out, if they do their best, there's no way that they can earn the spot that they deserved or be recognized for their success, then it's going to it's gonna harm women in more ways than one. And I don't want to see what could happen if we don't put an end to this now. All right. With that said, Taylor, is there anything I forgot to ask that you want to mention before we go? Um, and by the way, everyone in the chat, stick around. I'm going to, I'm going to continue going. Ordinarily I'd ended and we'd say our proper goodbyes, but I'm going to read some super chats and pull up a few articles. But Taylor, have I forgotten anything? Is there anything you want to mention? Well, the one thing I would say is use your voice. Don't be afraid to speak up about this. I know it's really scary. I know it feels like there could be bad consequences and you might receive some backlash online if you're sharing it online, but even just making this topic less taboo to talk about, talk about it with your friends, talk about it with your family, ask the women in your life how they feel about it, because raising awareness is the first step to creating change. So use your voice. You've got one, use it. Awesome. Taylor, we'll be in touch. I'll call you afterwards and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk after this, but I'm going to keep going for until I have to go pick up a kid at school. Taylor, okay. thank you. Thank you very much for doing this. It was fantastic. And I'll, I'm going to say it again before we leave and I'll say it later. Liam, Ga uh, Lillian, Liam Gallagher is the lead singer from Oasis. Lillian Gallagher, uh, anytime. Leah Thomas, anytime. I, 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 I would love to hear the perspective from the other side of this and exp you know, it, 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 share it and maybe we can all learn and maybe, maybe I dare say, uh, people could understand the concerns of the other and come to some mutually acceptable and above all else, fair resolution. Taylor, keep, keep on keeping on and keep on doing God's work and we'll talk soon. Thanks again for having me. I really My appreciate pleasure. it. It was a good time talking to you. Thank you for coming. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.